All righty. It says here it is 10.59. It says I've got a good signal. That's nice. Uh, Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. It is 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock in the morning here at bloodandfaith.com. We're going to talk about Jeremiah, and, and then we're going to talk about some of the things that Jeremiah talks about. Jeremiah was a priest. Anybody got a good signal out there? Give me a good signal report. See if I'm flowing through. I think I am, but uh, maybe somebody out there in Internet land can give me a, a thumbs up on that. Once in a while, this thing fails, and I don't know why. Uh, thank you, all all of those out there that are giving me uh, greetings this morning. I do appreciate that very, very much. It's really nice to hear that. Uh, good, good feedback there. Sounds like it's working. Yeah, excellent. Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, you know, there's there's all these prophets in the Bible. There's there's Daniel and Elijah and Ezekiel and David was a prophet. Moses was a prophet. And there's all these different guys. And for some re one reason or another. And I don't really know why. Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah is the one that is most interesting to me. Um, some people will say, oh my God, that's a terrible prophet to, to be intrigued with because he had, really, he had a tough time. So we're going to talk about him a little bit, and we're going to talk about uh, um, a few other themes that he talks about, which are recurrent in the Bible, same themes that Jesus Christ talked about, same themes that the apostles talked about, and the Christians, uh, if if there's one message I'd like to get across regarding the Bible is that it's a it's a unitary book. It's it's many books, what sixty six books, but there's a, a unitary. It's the same author. It's all the same author. It's authored by the Holy Ghost. It's authored by the Holy Spirit. And the message that we get in the Holy Holy Scriptures, are, it's it's not two different messages. It's certainly not two different gods. And one of the things that we've done through the influences of the very same people that oppose Jesus Christ, is to create a division in the Word of God. And this is why, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I get reluctant on calling a set of Scriptures old and another set of Scriptures new. Because it comes across in the context of, well, the Old Testament is replaced by the New Testament because we know the Old Covenant was replaced by the New Covenant. And all that is true. And yet we have the audacity of declaring a set of Scriptures old and a set of Scriptures new. And on one hand, yes, there was a set of Scriptures that were written, that are written before a set of Scriptures that we call new. But that does not equate to the new Scriptures replacing the old Scriptures. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus Christ repeatedly made that clear. Repeatedly. In the Sermon on the first sermon He gives, Sermon on the Mount. Do not think I came to do away with the law of the prophets. Don't you ever dare think that. This is a foundational teaching that he gives. Matthew chapter 5. Don't you dare ever, ever, ever think that I came to do away with the law of the prophets. Don't you think that. Nothing's going to go. Not, not even a stroke from a letter of the law will go away until everything's been, everything's been done, until heaven and earth pass away. It's It's eternal. So keep that in mind. I, years ago, I had somebody uh, accost me and, 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 and chastise me for, uh, you know, this person was a, 
pretty pretty ignorant, but he 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 thought he knew knew something. And he said, Fritz, just read the red. Just read the exact quotes of what Jesus Christ actually said <clears throat> out of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, I do. <laughs> and it turns out that's what offends people the most. Actually read the red. Actually read what Jesus Christ actually said out of his mouth in John 8:44, Revelation 2 9, Revelation 3 9. Matthew 12, 34, Matthew 23, 15, 23, 33, and on and on and on and on. And people are outraged. Oh, my God, you can't say that. Oh, my goodness, you can't say that. Try to police my own speech here. Mercy, you can't say that. I well, Excuse me, I can't say exactly what Jesus Christ said in the red. And it turns out that's the case. And this is a great sickness. It's a cancer in the Christian church today. It's a deep cancer in the Christian church. I'd remind you that the Jews of old, the Jews of 2,000 years ago, they had the law, they had the prophets, and they ended up murdering the prophets because they hated the God of the prophets. They hated the God of the prophets. They said, we, we're our own people, we're our own nation, we're going to worship ourselves, and we're going to take the Word of God and twist it any which way we want in order for it to serve us. Jesus Christ talks about this in depth, Matthew chapter 15, 1 through 9. You had this same group of people come up to him and say, Oh, we want to talk about hand washing. We want to talk about hand washing. <laughs> and Jesus Christ lights into him. They say, You want to talk about hand washing? I, I said, I want to talk about honoring your ancestors. I want to talk about the fifth commandment. My commandment, says Jesus Christ. My commandment, my fifth commandment. I said, you guys utterly undermine the Fifth Commandment. You make people uh, be allegiant to these fiat nations, these fiat concepts, these fiat identities, th these things that one ought not to be loyal to. And in fact, with, with the Jews, they said, y'all need to be loyal to us. Be loyal to us. And we'll account the loyalty that you should have given to your own kith and kin, your own blood, as obeying God as you give it to us. Jesus Christ hated them. He hated those people. And they hated Jesus Christ, same as they hated the prophets. This is just really the ABCs of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came to set us free from the teachings of the people that call themselves Jews. Because they had the Word of God. They had the law of God. They had the Ten Commandments. They had the prophets. And they murdered the prophets. They rebelled against Moses. They rebelled against Jesus Christ. And they come up with a whole new religion, which is exactly what modern Christianity has done in 2024 and for the last, I don't know, a couple hundred years. I, I'm not going to give you a date, but, I'll, but I'm flat out telling you, if you look and you, and you read what Jesus Christ said out of his mouth, and you see how much shame the evangelical... I'm not even talking about a Pope, whatever the Pope's name is over there, who's, who's, who's utterly antichrist. I'm not even talking about the Episcopalians and, and these these AWOL Lutherans or Methodists that, that are, you got the homosexual flag flying out. I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about a group of people who call themselves Bible-believing evangelical Christians. Bible-believing evangelical Christians who are literally ashamed of what Jesus Christ said out of His mouth. Maybe I'll get into that. I was going to get into this the end, but I'll get into the beginning. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine if the evangelical Christian church in America actually believed in the fifth commandment. 
that actually thought we ought to honor our own ancestors, our own bloodline, our own ancestors. Wow, what a concept that would be. Oh no, but what they've done is they've set up a false set of loyalties, and they honor and they worship and they grovel before a group of people who call themselves Jews, even though they're not and they're of the synagogue of Satan. Wow, imagine, what if all the Protestant evangelical Christians in America had, had a, a, as great or greater affinity for their own race than they do for these Jews and for the modern state of Israel. Wow, what, what a different world we'd live in. But they've done exactly what the Jews of old have done. They got seduced by the lies of Satan. They set up a fiat identity, a fiat set of loyalties, as is shown in Matthew chapter 15 where the Jews taught, hey, uh, just, just, you know, we'll count it as obedience to the fifth commandment if you give your money to us. Give us your money, and we will account it as being obedient to the fifth commandment. Yeah. Hang on, let me pause for a second. Could somebody make sure that door shut so I don't have the air conditioner heater on? Apologize for that, live stream. Got my family here with me this beautiful Sunday morning. And so we've gone out and, and we've substituted something that God said to do with this man-made religion. Imagine if all the churches in America were as loyal to their own race per the fifth commandment, as they were to these modern people who call themselves Jews, yet their identity is founded upon the rejection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in the red, in the red, said they're the synagogue of Satan. In the red, he says they're not even real Jews. They're identity thieves. They're frauds. You know what? There's a reason why we have so much transsexualism in America today. You want to know why? I'll give you a reason. Because the church has already embraced it in their own heart. The church has already embraced theological transsexualism. Just because a, a boy comes along and says, I'm a girl, we know that it doesn't make him a girl. We know that. If you are if you got half a brain... Your XY chromosome does not get changed to XX. You can cut off body parts and it doesn't make you a woman. Yet we have this people out there who calls themselves something that they're not, that Jesus Christ warned about. They, they say, hey, we're Jews. Does that make him a Jew? Ivanka Trump says she's a Jew. Does that make her a Jew? There's Japanese guys, the, the, the famous Japanese guys say, well, I'm a Jew now. Does that make him a Jew? Liz Taylor, movie star from 50s, 60s, whatever. She woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to be Jew. So now she's a Jew. The Khazarians uh, in a land, and this all ties together with modern geopolitics, southern Russia, Ukraine, converted en masse to Judaism. They were given a choice. Uh, you got to convert, but you're just you're just out of control. You're a bunch of evil people. So either be Jews, Muslims, or Christians. They said we'll be Jew. Now are they all Jews because they just woke up one day and decided to convert to Judaism? 
Many famous people in the last hundred years have just, you know, woke up one day and said, you know, I'm going to be a Jew. Go look at Obama wearing his little skull cap. He said, I, I, you know, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much a Jew. Go look at George, Georgie Bush wearing his little skull cap can around the Talmud. Go listen to Joe Biden. All his kids marry Jews. He says, if I were going to convert, I'd be a Jew. Go read the book of Esther. Many, many nations converted to Jew because they were feared of the Jews. What if we were loyal to our race? As loyal to our own race as we were to these modern people who are nothing but identity thieves. Imagine that. Imagine how the world would change. All right, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called to be a priest. He was a family of priests. Now this is interesting in and of itself. Some people are born to be things that other people are not. And in many ways, people say, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. Well, you know what? Fair is not a Bible word. When people use the word fair, what that means is somebody else has something that they want, and they're trying to create a, a sense of guilt in somebody else in order for them to transfer, transfer whatever it is over to them. That's what it is. It's another one of those moral cudgels. Well, that's not fair. That's not fair. You know, it's not fair that some men are six foot two and some men are five foot two. But that's the way it is. Some women are ugly and some are beautiful. Is that fair? That's the way it is. You want fairness? Go, I'll see you at the judgment day. The judge will give you fair. The judge will give you fair at the judgment day. Well, you're not going to want it then. Oh, no, you're not going to want it then. Well, that's, that's not fair. It's even, you're going to tell the judge it's not fair. It's not fair that some people have high IQs and other people are literally morons. But it's the way it is. So Jeremiah, he's born into a family priest, and then on top of that, God calls you. He says, I'm, gonna, I'm calling you to be my prophet. Jeremiah's looking around like, I, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> but, he's, but he agreed. He agreed. He said, okay, I'll do it. And, you know, he probably rued that decision for many portions of his life. And we're going to get into that at the end. I mean, Jeremiah had a tough life, and, and we're, going to, we're going to finish up with that. But I wanted to mention a few of the themes that we see in the book of Jeremiah. One is the concept of the loose woman, the whore, the harlot. All right, this is a theme that occurs throughout the Holy Scriptures. Uh, one can find shadows of it with Eve. I'm not saying she was. I'm just saying, what was she doing hanging out with the devil when she's supposed to be by Adam's side? She got herself into some trouble there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What about those beautiful women from before the flood that consorted with the fallen angels? Uh-huh. What was going on with that? It's a theme that, that goes all the way back to the beginning. Jeremiah chapter 3. Now, for some of us, this is uncomfortable language. We, you, know, you know, why do you have to call people that? That's just, that's not very polite. Indeed, that's true. Judah's apostasy. The word of the Lord came to me. And they go, he's preaching to him. 
Chapter 2, verse 13, they have forsaken me the fountain of the living waters. Now this is where I'm going back to the idea that the Holy Scriptures are eternal, written by the same author, and the themes flow through from beginning to end. There's nothing new. There's nothing new, really, in the Gospels that you don't find in the prophets or the book of Genesis. Well, here's Jeremiah talking about how they've forsaken me, the fountain of the living waters. Well, does that ring a bell for you in the Gospels? It ought to. It ought to ring a bell for you in the Gospels. Come to me. You can drink water and you never get thirsty again. John chapter 7. See how fast my thumbs are. John 7, 37, 38. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of water. Well, where does that come from? Well, it comes from right here from the prophet. It comes right here from Jeremiah. They have forsaken me, the fountains of the living water. Oh, by the way, that's Jesus Christ speaking in Jeremiah chapter 2. I'm telling you, there's not a different God. And this is part of what we've fallen for in the, in the church. We think there's two gods. There's the mean God and there's the nice God. Oh, there's the mean God who's God, and then there's the nice God who's Jesus, who just loves us and forgives us. That's not true. It's the same God. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in John chapter 7. Hey, come to me and, and, and to the fountain of living waters. From an inner, innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. He's channeling what exactly what he said in Jeremiah chapter 3, chapter 2. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. It's the same God. It's the same God from Genesis through the Revelation, and the God is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. He's God in the flesh. The incarnation of God Almighty is in Jesus Christ. It's not a different God. Jesus is not some nice guy that showed up one day to serve God. He is God. Jesus is not some nice guy that, that showed up for you to wipe your feet on because he's going to forgive you of sins and intercede for you to the real God. He is God. God provided His own sacrifice for the sins of mankind in Himself, in Jesus Christ. All right. Sorry about this. Could you take this and put this somewhere out there? That's what happens on live shows. You put your phone on silent and it still starts cranking out. Jeremiah chapter 2. That was Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 27. As the thief is shamed when he's discovered, so the house of Israel is shamed, and their kings and their princes and their priests and their prophets who say to a tree, You are my father, and to stone you gave me birth. For they turned their back to me and not their face. But in the time of trouble, they will say, Arise and save us. All right. A tree and a stone? Huh. Sounds like evolution to me. Sounds like evolution to me. Oh, we were all rocks once. And the rocks, they, they woke up one day and they, the rock grew into a tree. And then the tree grew up one day and the tree gave birth to a monkey. And the monkey woke up one day and the, and, and the monkey gave birth to a man. I'm telling you, there ain't nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. If you want to know the truth, you got to go to the Word of God. 
from Genesis through the Revelation. And the whole idea of evolution, a byproduct of time and chance. The Jews worshipped evolution. They called it Purim. Purim is from the month of Pir. The month of Pir is, is for a chance. It's the throwing of the dice. Oh, it's just the throwing of the dice. It's just pure chance. They set up their high holy day in place of the, the laws and the, and the holidays that Moses gave them to the God of chance. And we worship that today. We call it evolution. The God of chance. Oh, we're just here by chance. We came out of the rocks. We came out of the trees. Oh, this is the this is the the polluted land, Jeremiah chapter four. I'm gonna just count these words. This is how many times these words are used in Jeremiah chapter three. Harlot, harlotry, harlots, harlot, adulteries, harlot, harlotry, adultery. All right. How many times is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven times in, in one chapter? In one chapter? Huh. Where's that coming? Oh, well, let me throw you something else there. James chapter 4. James 4 4. See if I can pull it up here. It says, you, basically, it says this it says, You adulteresses. You adulteresses. Oh, where did that come from? Oh, James. Jeremiah chapter, chapter 3. Harlot. Adulteries. Harlot. Harlotry. Adultery. Harlotry. Harlot. Where's this come from? James is channeling what Jeremiah said. And James talks to the church. He says, you adulteresses. Okay, he's calling them the same thing that Jeremiah called these wayward people of Judah. Jeremiah is, is, is talking to the church. He says, you adulteresses. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity towards God? Enmity towards God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The Almighty Himself, He said this, He says, listen, I'm going to put enmity or a hatred between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. The theme goes from Genesis through James. Genesis, Jeremiah, James, and all the other prophets. It's all in there. It's all been in there. So when the church goes out there and acts like a people who had the law and the prophets, and they parse the language of the law and the prophets, and they parse the words of Jesus Christ in order to please the world, they become, like the ancient nation of Judah, adulteresses at enmity with God. Now, Jeremiah was busy pointing this out. Jeremiah was busy pointing. He's speaking God's word. He's saying, listen, i got to say what i got to say. I'm just going to say, do whatever you want with it. I don't care what you do with it. I'm going to say what i got to say. Let's see what else he said. Jeremiah chapter 4. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through every chapter. It could take for a long, long time. I looked on the earth, and behold, it was formless and void, and to the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking. And all the hills moved to and fro. And I looked, and behold, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. And I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all the cities were pulled down before the Lord and before His fierce anger. Back to 23. I looked on the earth, and behold, it was formless and void. And to the heavens, and they had no light. Where is that from? Is from the first chapter 
of the first book of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Well, let's read this. I looked upon the earth, and behold, it was formless and void, and to the heavens, and they had no light. Right out of the book of Genesis. Again, there's one author to the, the Bible. It's the Holy Spirit. And he used different men to write it down. But the themes are like shingles. They, they overlap each other, and they support each other. And they make it complete and they make it whole. There's nothing new under the sun. And we have a Christian church that would divide the Word of God. They'd call one section old and another section new. Then they divide the section they call new and they say, well, there's the red and then there's the, the not the red. And they invent a religion that pleases them. This is called adultery. This is called being the harlot. This is what the church has done. It's flat out what the church has done. It, 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 Matthew chapter 15, the, the people who call themselves Jews set up a false set of loyalties. He says, do this and that'll prove that you've, you've accomplished the will of God in, in, the, in the fifth commandment. Jesus Christ called them out. He says, you, you set up your own man-made traditions, your own man-made precepts, for what the Word of God flatly says. Nothing could be more true than the, the, than the issue with the modern people who call themselves Jew, who are not Jews but are liars and are of the synagogue of Satan, says Jesus Christ in the red. But the red's not even good enough for the modern church. Not even good enough for the modern church. Oh, well, we have to parse this words. We have to say that it only applied for 2,000 years ago. That was, only, that was only for then. It's not for now. Look, it's, it's just take Jesus Christ at face value. Take him at face value. Don't parse him away so he doesn't mean anything. Don't parse him away so he it serves you. Oh, and we're going to talk about who we serve too in this story about Jeremiah. Here's this loving God. Again, the God of Jeremiah is Jesus Christ. The God of Jeremiah is Jesus. The Creator is Jesus Christ. The first chapter of John, first chapter of Hebrews declares that Jesus Christ is the Creator, always has been the Creator. Talked many times on this channel about how Jesus Christ said, no man's seen the Father. Okay, if no man's seen the Father, who was Moses talking to? When it says Moses used to speak to the Lord face to face as a man speaks with his friend. He was speaking to Jesus Christ pre-incarnation, the eternal Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, hey, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. He said it in Greek, by the way. He didn't say I'm the Aleph and the Toph. He could have used he, he could have used Hebrew letters, Hebrew words, but he abandoned Hebrew, abandoned Aramaic. He said, I'm going to speak a European tongue now. I'm going to speak in Greek. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the origin and source of all things, and I'm the purpose and destiny of all things, said Jesus Christ in the red. Huh, kind of sounds like God, doesn't it? Yeah, because He is God. I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord, I change it not. So when Moses receives the Ten Commandments from Jesus Christ, and the first commandment says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God in Him only. Uh, who's it talking about? It's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. People get nervous when you say Jesus Christ. Try it with your friends. I'm serious. They get nervous. Talking to these two guys, this was a couple years ago. <laughs> It was a professional environment, shall we say. 
And uh, they repeated back to me kind of to summarize what I was saying. And they couldn't even say Jesus Christ. Couldn't say it. They said JC. Couldn't say the words. Why? Because it's the name above all names. It's the name above every other name on the face of the earth. And those that reject Jesus Christ reject Almighty God. The definition of Antichrist is the rejection of Jesus as the Christ of God, as the Anointed One of God, as the Messiah of God, as the only begotten Son of the Father. Well, I don't understand. How can be God three and God's one? That doesn't make any sense to me. I know I had a conversation with somebody online the other day about that. I think it's a neat trick. I think it's fascinating. I mean, I, I'm not saying I've got it all figured out. But I, I, I see God the Father is omniscient and Jesus Christ not knowing when He's coming back the second time. That kind of makes life fun. You know what's fun in life? Fun is I don't know what's around the corner. I literally don't know what's around the corner in my life. That kind of makes it fun. I don't know what's going to happen next month, next year, next six months. I don't know. Is it scary? Yeah. Is it fun? Yeah. There's a certain amount of pleasure that comes with that. The Almighty gets it both ways. The Father might know, the Son might not know when He's coming back. Oh yeah, baby, He's smarter than you think He is. Way smarter than you think He is. Here's Jesus Christ, Jeremiah 5. Why should I pardon you? This is Jesus Christ speaking to His race, His race, His blood race, His people. Why should I pardon you? Your sons have forsaken me and sworn by those who are not gods. When I have fed them in full, they committed adultery and troop to the harlot's house. There's that word again. Huh. Shall I not punish these people, declares the Lord, and on a nation such as this, shall I not avenge myself? This is Jesus Christ speaking. This is not, oh, that was the mean God, but we serve the nice God. No, 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 it's the same God. Another chapter later. Shall I not punish these people, declares the Lord? On such a nation shall I not avenge myself? This is Jesus Christ. Jeremiah chapter 10. Like I said, we're not going through everything here. That's too much. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 12. It is He who made the earth by His power who established the world by His wisdom. And by His understanding, He has stretched out the heavens. When He utters His voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens. Well, this is God. That's not God. That's, that's God, not Jesus. No, no, no. It's the same one. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through Him. Hebrews chapter 1. All things came into being through Jesus Christ. That came into being. Here's the Lord. It is He who made the earth by His own power, who established the world by His own wisdom, and by His own understanding, He stretched out the heavens. When He utters His voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens. This is Jesus Christ. It's not a different God. And in the modern church, we've set up two gods. We've set up the old God, and we got the new God. And we like the new God because, you know, He just forgives us and gives us free heaven candy. And, and He loves us. And He's accepting to everybody. And I've told you, it's not, the, it's, it's not a different God. It's the same God. And when He says, shall I not avenge myself on a nation such as this? That's Jesus Christ. 
The only reason that God's mercy and, and forgiveness and His sacrifice make any sense at all is because He is a God of wrath and vengeance. Jesus Christ is a God of wrath and vengeance. A God of a judge. Salvation makes no sense unless He's a judge and He's a God of wrath and, and vengeance and destruction. Oh, but you know, we don't even believe in that. No, you don't. I know. That's the problem. The church doesn't even believe in that anymore. Well, we'll just, you know, God will understand if we're ashamed of His words. He'll understand. Yeah, He made pretty clear about that, didn't He? Jeremiah 10, verse 16. For the Maker of all is He. Hebrews 1, verse 2. John 1, verse 3. And Jeremiah 10, verse 16. For the Maker of all is He. It's the same God. It's the same God. It's Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 18. So here's Jeremiah out saying these very uncomfortable things to his, essentially to his colleagues, because he too was a priest. But he, he sang off tune. He said the things that nobody wanted to hear. They had the, their religion down pat. Jeremiah was definitely an outcast. Jeremiah 18, verse 18. Then they came and said, Come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah. Surely the law is not going to be lost to the priests, nor counsel to the sage, nor the divine word of the prophet. Come and let us strike him with our tongue, and let us give no heed to any of his words. I mean, who's Jeremiah to come and refute everything that the professional class had to say? Yet that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. He refuted everything that the professional class had to say. Well, you can't say that, Jeremiah. You're going to undermine society. You're going to undermine our authority. You're going to cast doubt upon the prophets and the Word of God. He says, so let's battle them with our tongue, for starters. And it gets worse. When Pasher the priest, this is verse, or chapter 20, the son of Immer, who was chief officer of the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesying these things. Pasher had Jeremiah the prophet beaten. He had Jeremiah the prophet beaten. Oh, well, that's a nice little Christian response. Doesn't matter. This is what they did. They beat him. Here's Jeremiah's complaint. This is where I'm going to get personal about Jeremiah. And this is why Jeremiah is, is a difficult person, and he's a difficult prophet, and he's a difficult Christian, because we've invented a, a way that we think God is supposed to treat us, and God is not in any way, shape, or form concerned about how we think that He should treat us. And it's a very difficult lesson. Uh, if you want a, 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 the, the, the preview of that, go read the story of Job. What did Job do wrong? Job didn't do anything wrong. Job did nothing wrong. He served God. Jesus Christ pointed out Job to the angels in heaven. Specifically to an angel named Lucifer. But in front of all the host of heaven, he says, Have you considered my servant Job? He was taunting Lucifer. He was taunting Satan. And he had a plan in mind. He had a plan in mind. Lucifer challenged Jesus Christ to his face in front of the agents. He says, does he serve you for no purpose? 
He serves you for no purpose. You protect him. That's why he serves you. You take away what he's got, and he'll, he'll curse you to your face. Jesus Christ says, go for it, man. Knock yourself out. Let's see, let's see what he does. This is a hard lesson. It's not an easy lesson. The, the Almighty owes us nothing. He owes us nothing. Not, not a fun lesson. Not a nice lesson. And all the trials and tribulations that we go through in life are to see who we are. Who are you, Fritzbergen? Who are you, Sammy and Sally and Johnny and Joey? Who are you? Oh, guess what? The only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, was not exempt from this testing and this trial. He was not exempt from this. Who are you, Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God? Who are you? Let's put you through some stuff. See where you come out on this. Let's put you through some stuff and see where you come out on this. Oh, yeah, no, not fun, not fun. Jesus Christ sweated blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed, God, I don't want to do this. His prayer went unanswered. The day of the cross, Jesus Christ, He's on the cross. He's dying on the cross, being tortured to death. And He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, ouchies, ouchies, big ouchies. Big ouchies. You think you're lonely? You think God has forsaken you? You think God has done you unjustly? Hey, I'm preaching to my, myself, folks. I'm preaching to myself. You think God has done something wrong to you because He doesn't meet up to the standards that you think He's supposed to treat you with? Doesn't the Bible say He's going to save you from the hour of trial? Oh, no. The whole purpose of life is to have an hour of trial. Now here's Jeremiah, nice little guy, nice little priest, nice little guy. All he's doing is what God told him to do. That's all he's doing. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses. You know why? It helps me make sense of my own life. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Oh, oh, ouchies. Ouch, the prophet of God. Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. Ouch. Whew, this hurts. This hurts. Jeremiah's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. So was Jesus Christ, by the way. So was Stephen. So was James and John and Paul and Peter and everybody else. What's their reward for that? In this life, not much. In this life, not much. There's a reason why Paul and Peter, especially Peter, he says, man, rejoice when you encounter various trials. Rejoice. For it's, the proof, it's for the proof of your faith, which is more precious than gold, that perishes even though it's tried by fire. The proof of your faith is what you can't get faith without going through some fear and trepidation and trials. You can't. You can't. Will you serve God? Will you serve God? Will you serve God even though you don't get anything you think you want to get? And that's why we, I go after the church. I say, you got this false gospel out there. Just believe in Jesus. He'll make the fat people skinny. He'll make the ugly people beautiful. He'll make the poor people rich. And He'll give you eternal life on, on the end. I, man, have you ever read Peter? You ever read First and Second Peter? Rejoice when you encounter various trials. You ever read Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11 scares me. It scares me. 
First of all, it says many of these people, they, 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 did not rec- they never received the promises because they were for somebody else. They never received the promises. What? They went through all that suffering and didn't receive it? Yeah, that's right. Hebrews chapter 11, read about the dues that were sawn into, sawn into. They were sawn into. Why? Because they confessed Jesus Christ. They were sawn into because they confessed Jesus Christ. Yeah, what's that? that well, you know, well, God's going to save me from the hour of trial. No, He's not. No, He's not. God's not going to save you from the hour of trial. He's not going to do that. The whole purpose of your life is to have an hour of trial. Don't be telling your congregation that God's going to save you from the hour of trial. The whole purpose of life is to have an hour of trial. All right. Jeremiah chapter 23. Oh, that word again. That bad word again that nobody wants to hear. Adulterers. Adulterers. And this is more than just you know, having a little thing going on that you shouldn't have going on. We're talking about a church that has literally abandoned the Word of God for their own traditions because they want to be friends with the world. No pastor wants to be called racist and sexist and homophobic and anti-Semitic and a Nazi and a racist and a fascist. and, and No. Well, so what they do is they say, oh, well, this, Jesus didn't really mean that. <laughs> Jesus didn't mean that. Yeah, that, that's historically, uh, 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 in context historically, it meant something else. And they'll do everything they can to explain away what Jesus Christ said at face value because they want to be friends with the world, and they don't want to be accused of the world's sins. This is what's gone on in the church for generations now. We're ashamed of the Word of God. Well, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that. Yeah, well, there you go. You've, got, you've gone the way of the Jew. You've gone the way of the Jew. Erecting your man-made traditions and precepts over the what is written in the face value of, of what Jesus Christ said, from Genesis through the Revelation, all the way through. It's not just on one little topic or one little issue. It's on everything. All right. A plot to murder Jeremiah. Jeremiah twenty-six. When Jeremiah finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him and said, You must die. You must die. You must die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying this house will be like Shiloh and the city will be desolate without inhabitant? All right. Here's, again, this is my point. Jeremiah was doing political preaching the same way Jesus Christ was doing political preaching. He looked at the power structure. He says, "All y- y'all are evil, and you're going to be destroyed." And some people believe what he said. And so, well, he asked, "We have to uh, uh, challenge the misinformation. This is fake news. This is hate speech. Jeremiah is propagating hate speech. Jeremiah is propagating hate speech. Fake news, misinformation." It nothing's new under the sun. Jesus Christ comes along. You can't say that, says the, 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 the Pharisees to Jesus Christ. Says the Pharisees to Peter and Paul. You can't say that. And, and they stoned Stephen to death. Why? For, for speech crimes. For speech crimes. And they call it hate speech, misinformation, uh, 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 disturbing the good order of society. It's all, it's, all the, it's all the same. It's always been the same. 
And, and I got one, one other message for y'all. If you're making the world happy, you're not making God happy. You want to be friends with the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. How do you want to make the world happy? Well, don't be racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, and You get through that tranche of, of that filter, no wonder everybody just talks about their kittens and their goldfish on their Facebook page. Ain't nothing else to talk about. You can't challenge the order. You can't challenge the evil in society. You can't preach the fifth commandment to be loyal to your race. You can't do it because it's racist. Oh, yeah, no, we've completely and utterly inverted the Word of God. Utterly inverted the Word of God. Moving right on. A death sentence for this man. Jeremiah responds, As for me, I'm in your hands. Do to me as good, as good and right. Tough life he had. Jeremiah, I can't find it now. Of course I can't find it. Why would I be able to find it? Because I'm 10, 10 chapters too short. We're going to wrap this up. Jeremiah chapter 38. They got so sick of him. The official said to the king, Now let us put this man to death, inasmuch as he is discouraging the men of war who are left in the city and all the people. Okay, it was political preaching. Can't you just talk about being nice and being gentle and being like Jesus and turning the cheek and feeding the poor and healing the sick and, and having candlelight services on, on, on Easter Sunday? Can't you do something just inoffensive that nobody disagrees with? Then the official said to the king, Now let this put this man to death inasmuch as he is discouraging the men of war who are left in the city. For this man is not seeking the well-being of the people, but rather their harm. Okay, nothing is nothing is new under the sun. This is what they accuse Jeremiah of. This is what they accuse Jesus Christ of. If we let this man go on, our place is going to take be taken away, and the Romans are going to come and they're going to take away our nation. Well, guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. The Europeans, the Europeans, the Romans, the Europeans become the crucible of faith in Jesus Christ, of faith in God Almighty. Europe becomes Christendom. Europe becomes Christendom. Not Africa, not Asia. Europe becomes Christendom. When the Bible it talks about Asia in the Bible, in the book of Acts, in the Gospels, it's talking about European colonies on the west coast of Anatolia. Not the Asia that we think about today. Just throwing that out there. So King Zedekiah said, Behold, he's in your hands, for the king can do nothing against you. They took Jeremiah and cast him into the cistern. They let him down with ropes. Now in the cistern there's no water but only mud, and Jeremiah sank into the mud. Some time later, the Ethiopian eunuch comes along and rescues him. Now, imagine you're Jeremiah. All you've ever done is whatever God told you to do. They hate you. They drop you down into the old well down there. Well, they didn't even got any water. It's, it's mud. It's mud. Maybe he's up to mud in his armpits. How long was he in there? I don't know how long he was in there. I get the sense when I read that it probably was more than 15 minutes. He's probably in there for a few days or a few weeks. You ever been down to the bottom of a deep, dark hole that's full of mud down at the bottom? It kind of stinks. 
let's say you're buried up to your waist or your ribs. What lives at the bottom of a, of a stanky old well with muddy water down there? Mosquitoes. Jeremiah's down there. He's hungry. He's got mosquitoes. I mean, he's living in this cloud of mosquitoes for days, weeks. Where's he going to the bathroom? Oh, gee, right there in that old pit. They ain't dragging him up for, you know, it's not a one-hour-a-day thing. He's down in that pit all day long, all night long. Wonder if there's any snakes down there, huh? Any little critters crawling around down there? Swarms of mosquitoes all day? Defecating on himself? Urinating in, in that water? He gets thirsty, where does he go? Well, maybe there's a little pool of water in that mud. Ain't nobody bringing them food. Nobody's taking care of them. Old Jeremiah, he's sitting down here going, what? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? I serve God. I do what He tells me to do. And this is what I get. God. Oh, God. God. Don't you see me down here? Molly said, yeah, I do. I see you down there. Suck it up, buttercup. This ain't good. This ain't right. This ain't fun. It's not funny. The point is this. The Almighty owes us nothing. He doesn't owe us anything. Whether you serve Him or don't serve Him, He doesn't owe us. There's a difference between God and not God. There's a difference between the Creator and the creation. Will he be justice? Oh yeah, at the judgment day, we'll get justice. At the judgment day, we will get justice, for good or for ill. Tough story, Jeremiah. That's it for now. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. Later on, this will be put up live. Hey, Tony Ritchie and uh, the rest of you out there, good morning to you. And uh, signing off.